0: This is ABC News Nightline. Reporting from Washington, Ted Koppel. Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel, and this is Nightline. The Soviet reactor is still burning. The weather is shifting, and both those factors could be critical in determining the scope of this nuclear disaster. There has been a nuclear accident in the Soviet Union, and the Soviets have admitted that it happened. The Soviet version is this. One of the atomic reactors at the Chernobyl atomic power plant near the city of Kiev was damaged. And there is speculation in Moscow that people were injured and may have died. The Voyager 2 spacecraft to the outer planets was launched in 1977. It went to Jupiter,
1: then Saturn. On January the 24th of this year, it reached the remote green planet Uranus. Up to now, we've known very little about Uranus. Well, it's Friday, and that means it's time to check in with Mark Trotter of Spar Planetarium to see
2: where that comet Halley is. He's joining us now from the newsroom, Mark. (coughs) I'm your host, Luz Kinnan, and I am joined by the 86th Baco. How are you, sir? I am well, Luz. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you for asking. Yeah, what are we here to do today?
1: Well, Luz, we're going to touch back onto one of our favorite categories, The Greatest Year in Rock. And today, mm. The Greatest Year in Rock is 1986.
2: Yes, I believe we've covered 83, 87, 91. Is that it? Or is there another one? I'll yeah, forget? I believe that's it. Okay. And, you know. The Greatest Year in Rock is always the greatest year in rock, but this one might actually be the greatest year in rock. There's an argument for it. Yeah, well,
1: there's an argument for every year, I suppose. But, yeah, I could not believe how many albums released this year I still own, like, physically. in the originals since then? They've survived the test of time? Or you Most of them, heard, yeah. Or, I mean, I, yeah, if, if okay. I, I really haven't lost or damaged very many CDs.
2: Hmm. Good job for you.
1: I can't say the same.
2: The but well, I didn't but have yeah, a house fire, but, but not just that as we'll get into it too. Oh, okay, I, I, you kind of snuck that in, didn't you? Yeah, Little jab. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, this was also a year that just looking at as far as from pop culture and you know just just world events. Pretty packed, man. I was like, wow. I did mm-hmm. not remember all this stuff happened. I think there's more stuff in 86 than there is usually in two or three years in the world, just in general.
1: Yeah, 86 would have been the year I started uh, rubbing one out every now and then to
2: Oprah Winfrey. <laughs>
3: there is no need for That's self the love. Oh, the debut deb- of bananas. Oprah Winfrey's show, and
2: you finish off on the sheets.
3: <laughs>
2: bananas. But, uh, but no, I mean, I mean, with this too, we're talking. Uh, you know, th- this year I was 12 years old, and I believe you had just graduated high school, so you were 22. <laughs> I remember that picture of you proudly holding your GED after many rounds. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so is, that's, is that all? Is that because of the house fire crack? That's right. I Came right back at you. Yeah, I'm old
1: and stupid. <laughs> that's
2: right. That's your theme. And I am. I am young and a snobby prick. Yeah. That's the roles. Stick to them.
1: Uh, you ever know? You know the word spry? That's a. That's a. That's a. It's like a complimentary way to insult an old person. Yeah, if you're or, very or basically spry. just call somebody old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Try. Right. Sure is. Yeah. spry. Wow, you have made it up the stairs in a single
1: <laughs> attempt. You're quite spry. Before we get into nineteen eighty six, uh, let's talk about our beer of the week. We have a kind of an oddball one this week. We do, and this
2: is donated from Sonny Puni, Hollywood, the, uh, the Grand poomba, Is that what you say of podcasting? I said the Walmart greeter
1: of podcasts. <laughs> Actually, I, no, no, I said he's the Walmart greeter of the Rock and Pod Expo.
2: Yeah, but Grand Pumba Puni sounds good too. Yeah, no, Hollywood, Hollywood. That's right, and. You know, I'm just going to read the note. He he contributed to our Buy Us a Beer campaign, which you can find at Facebook on our page where there's the Buy Now button for convenience. Or mm-hmm. you can just go to GoFundMe.com slash Absolutely Drink. And here is what he wrote to us. He wrote, do you have that right in front of you, Baco?
1: I do, actually. Uh, he His comment was, I, ca- I cannot bring myself to enable a drinking habit, so I would like to serve you strawberry milk. Enjoy. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm not I'm, sure. I'm a little confused though. It, 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 buy us a beer. Yes. I don't know. I mean, how does milk.
2: Are we, are we going to allow this? We are. Uh, we'll make a one time <laughs> exception okay. for the great, Judge the great ruling. Poonie. Yeah, because I saw that and I was like, oh God. Well, first off, Poonie, I am lactose intolerant. I should let you know that uh, up front. <laughs> so, me finishing off this bottle. Uh, of milk will be quite painful but i, I just have an issue in milk in general now at what age <laughs> during eating a meal did you stop drinking a glass of milk with it like just regular milk no like like you know what for dinner tonight i'm gonna have a nice 12 ounce uh glass of, of cold milk with my meal
1: i, I honestly occasionally I, I still will i mean it's not are you a, kidding me it's not a go-to well, it's a glass of milk uh, it's not a not not real common. I don't drink a lot of milk. Uh, I, it's not like I've, I'll never do it. Maybe a couple times a year, probably.
2: Have you ever ordered a glass of milk at a restaurant with your meal?
1: Ah, uh, boy, not in a long time. You know, I, just real quick, I used to my go-to uh, order at Burger King when I was in high school was a Whopper combo meal with a with a milk on the side too. Oh
2: God! Yeah. Okay, well, I have had I've
1: had an issue with probably the, with, that was probably the last time though. Uh, probably okay. 1988 would have been the last time I ordered milk. Does that count? It's fucking can Burger we, King, yeah. Can we make it? Can we make it 86 for this episode at least? Sure,
2: yeah, 86 when I was you know nine years old. Okay, well, I, I my my thinking on milk is you know it's good to have on cereal. It's good as an ingredient when cooking, mm-hmm. making certain things. But anybody that that orders. Uh, milk out in public with a meal past age was called seven or eight there's an issue there i have just never liked a big glass of milk first off milk itself is i do i I, if you have uh uh, uh, how about this you know let's take it to the strawberry milk let's say a grown man is out drinking strawberry milk what if that's your financial advisor and right before he says, like, let's talk about your retirement, he just, like, takes a, a big pull off a big strawberry milk. Do you trust that man? <laughs> uh, it would be odd. I don't know. Uh, yeah. How long do you think strawberry milk has been around? Uh, it existed
1: when I was a kid,
2: so 10 years. Okay. Now, have you yourself ever gone out and purchased strawberry milk as an adult up to this point?
1: One time today. in my entire life, and that was today.
2: Okay, so me, I'd like to experience this, but yesterday I went to the grocery store, completely forgot about the, the, specifically I went there to get strawberry milk and of course I walked out with 10 things and wasn't this. So this morning I had to make a special trip as a grown man. And and even my son, I go, do you want it this? And he goes, no, it's disgusting. I've had it before. And I go, will you come in with me this morning? He's like, no, I just want to chill out in the car while you go in there. So I went there, and the only thing I purchased was strawberry milk at 730 in the morning right now. Nice. I, I would rather buy a a silo of... Of a uh, uh, Colt forty five at noon, and only that, <laughs> in a grocery store, than a thing of strawberry milk. <laughs> they put it in a brown bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. So, and just go time for lunch. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I meant the strawberry milk. Did they put that here? Here You go. Loser. <laughs> put that there too. That's my thing. But so, uh, so well, what, let's review if, it. What do you uh, guess? Let's review it. Okay, let me take. Oh God, the scent. Oh, I can smell the cackling laughter of the marketing department for this thing. Okay, it's a little swig here. It tastes like milk with, uh, let me see here. It tastes like it has 38 grams of sugar inside of the sip, which it says, it verifies right on the bottle. So it says thoughtful portion, half a bottle. Here's the thoughtful portion, None. (laughs) <laughs> you? All right. Well, let me, uh, let, me, let me have
1: strawberry milk for the first time since maybe I was at a uh, birthday party where the, the guest of honor cried. Hold on. Now, in fairness, uh, as far as flavored milks go, the strawberry was never my jam. I was always more of a chocolate milk guy. But uh,
2: is there any other flavors? Yeah, there's banana. There's, uh, Are you uh,
1: kidding me? Yeah. Well, you just bought this. How did you not see all the other flavors? I'm pretty sure there's blueberry, by the way. Um, I focused in. Maybe not by Nesquik, but another, another more like hippy-friendly <sighs> brand. I, you know, I'm more of a beer guy. What, what's the alcohol you're supposed to mix with strawberry milk? Because I'm going with
2: Chivas. I'm going with uh, if you're drinking strawberry milk and you also want to get fucked up, you have got to go with Everclear. <laughs> just Everclear and strawberry milk. This is the kind of stuff that uh, is just in, in a big bucket somewhere, and people are just, just taking a straw to it as a group.
1: Thank you very much, Sonny Pooty, for your contribution to the show, and uh, I appreciate you worrying about our, our health, uh, I guess, but uh, this is in no way a healthy option. It's uh, it's kind of gross. Yes. Uh, I, so. I, honestly, I'll take a bottle of Aquafina. So let's get into the 1986, Luce. What do you say? Yes. All right, uh, a couple quick hitters. I, I just uh, would like to remind the listener that we uh, we do a lot of research. It takes an awful lot of work to put one of these together. Um, you have to remember how to type Wikipedia. Um, mm-hmm. But a gram of coke in nineteen seventy or nineteen eighty six uh, would average about seven dollars and eighteen cents. Sure. A, a Russian mail order bride, uh, the average price was eight eight hundred and eleven dollars, and a baby on the black market would fetch you close to nine hundred dollars in nineteen eighty six.
2: So. That all
1: races? I, uh, well, I, I didn't feel the, the, the race affects. That's the, the average. Race.
2: That's the average. Yes, the average. I gotcha. I got gotcha.
1: you. Um, did you want to touch on a couple
2: notable items, or just go right into it? Well, born in 1986 <laughs> was Usain Bolt and Lady Gaga. He that so he won his first
1: race in uh, 1986. No, he didn't. You making a joke? Yeah. Oh, popping off his mom? No, okay. sperm. <laughs> Do you not understand how babies are made? We, everybody who's alive, won the first race
2: they were in. I never heard it put that way, but that's that's we're excellent. all winners. Yes. Yeah, well, the other sperms were Usain Bolt weren't even out of the out of his dad's pecker yet. <laughs> Is that fine? Yeah. Okay. here we go. Also notable: Chernobyl.
1: Actually, that was actually a really big deal. I remember when that went down, like, they would actually kind of... It was something that was discussed in in, in class, you know, in in high school. Uh, There's a documentary on Netflix right now um, about, like, the the crumbling uh, of the the enclosure, and it's actually going to release more, uh, like, basically do the same damn thing if they don't contain it. And it it was kind of fascinating. They had to build, basically, this, I don't know, Kwanzaa hut, that giant Kwanzaa hut, and slide it over the top of the whole building, um, but uh, we're all safe.
2: Yes, I'm sure, perfectly safe at all times. But uh, also on our end, space shuttle. Hmm. Yeah. Challenger, uh, right? Uh, that, I was that had I the was teacher home, on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had. I was home uh, faking uh, sickness, uh, like Ferris Bueller. Um, mm, nice uh, that year. Loose cannon's day off. Mm-hmm. Loose cannon's day off, and I—that uh, was on the TV. What about you? Do you remember? I do.
1: Yeah. Then, well, oddly enough, the, I was—I would have been in ninth grade. Uh, they 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 actually interrupted class to or like the interrupted school to to announce it over the uh the speakers and then uh, TVs were propped up in a couple of places that we could watch the coverage
2: Haley's comet?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh that was uh it inspired the movie uh Night of the Comet uh very low quality <laughs> low grade uh kind of z- zombie
2: movie I do remember that one. Yeah and uh that's pretty much it for now that we'll touch on. But oh Mike Tyson also Youngest heavyweight champion in history. Mm. So a lot of stuff going on in 1986. We'll get to some movies and, you know, top songs, albums later. But uh, what do you want to touch on first as far as your own personal picks? Well, why don't you go first? All right. I'm going to start off with Rock and Metal Combat podcast album of the decade or century and that is van halen's 5150 (laughs) yeah so 5150 is now my owned after ou812 because i really came into hard rock and everything about 87 so if you Mm -hmm. yeah from our thing so this is about a year or two too early pretty much but i was kind of becoming aware of this stuff so yeah so 5150 great 5150 and ou812 are both uh the best of the Sammy era. for yeah, what, me. what was the what was the first single off of Fifty One Fifty? Man, uh, in my mind, uh, it's got to be one of the ballads. It's got to. It be. It was uh, yeah, because I remember. It's got to be when it when it's love. I think maybe it was, was that when All? it's love. Okay, that,
1: so that uh, hearing that first was like, well, so much for Van Halen. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is like, uh, and it wasn't until my stepbrother got the the, the cassette and started playing it. That I realized that, well, I mean, yeah, that song is is a fucking zombie dance, but uh, the rest of it's pretty good.
2: Yeah, I remembered, you know, throughout, and this is probably a year later or something like that, because obviously they needed to tour, but I remember MTV playing a lot of clips that they, in a video format, from that tour. What was it called? Like Without a Net? Live Without a Net? Yeah. Live Without a Net. Okay. And I just remember how odd it was for me that it was immersed with. You know David Lee Roth and whatnot to have this guy that was in like a yellow jumpsuit or some weird with this crazy ass Sammy Hagar hair and and not really knowing him and and not really digging those live clips that much but but I did like when they uh, I, I'm pretty sure MTV had um, best of both worlds as like a single or video I, I do recall that song a lot and that stupid little dam- that little walk they would do yeah that was from the yeah the, the,
1: that was the video from Live Without a Net you know but. Uh...
2: In short, this album kind of grew a lot for me later. Um, it definitely uh, was a grower for me too. It, it kind of changed my
1: my view on on the whole Van Hagar thing as I got into the record more, and and then I you know I was basically a
2: fan for the re- the rest of Sammy's time in the band. The title track and uh, "Good Enough" was kind of a, on a long time ago on a different show. I remember hearing that "Good Enough" was like a a perfect transition between Sammy and Dave. That song because it kind of had that the david lee roth ad libs a little bit Mm -hmm. but it was it was kind of like here we're kind of moving over this different direction but here's a little bit of the past yeah i mean this album is is uh, a lot of times we've always talked you've talked about the colors of albums Mm -hmm. the sound of it and whatever color you want to attribute this to to me uh, the color is the color of song.
1: Maligned lineup for some of the more diehard people. Released on sure. what, March twenty fourth?
2: Yep. Okay. Correct. The, on my on my uh, mother's birthday. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, happy birthday to your mom. Sure. Thanks.
1: um Well, I'm gonna follow that up with uh, the a little one two punch. David LaRoth uh, got himself back in the game a little bit with uh, Eat and
2: Smile. Lee. David LaRoth. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> this record as a whole, I
1: find I don't like as much as a lot of people do. I, I, I think it's, it's fun to listen to some of the guitar playing, but this seems to be a lot of the stuff that I didn't like about his era in Van Halen as far as just kind of goofy songs. Um, it, it doesn't mean I don't like any of it. Uh, I think there's a lot of really you know good stuff on here. I just don't think it's as strong a record as some people you know talk about it, at least in, in my opinion. Where do you uh, fall in line with that? Well this is one of the
2: first like hard rock albums I ever owned. Like well, I was telling you that the, the next year I got it and, and you know I was drawn into the like from 1984 and I when I was a kid thought it was amazing. This is a great album it's top to bottom, but as I've gotten older I can tell you this much I've I've heard cover bands for no reason playing Elephant Gun, stupid yeah. song. There's a lot of covers on here too which I uh, actually, uh, I I do actually really like That's Life uh, still because I just think it's it's kind of an extension from the the whole uh, crazy from the heat and everything like that. But yeah, I mean I mean you can't mess with Yankee Rose. I like I'm Easy, Tobacco Road, tracks like that. I like about half of it, but I agree it's a little. There's some goofy silly things. Yeah, yeah on things it.
1: like Elephant Gun, Big Trouble, and Bump and Grind, even Ladies Night in Buffalo. I just like. It seemed like he, some of those, he really wanted to write a song with that title, and then just worked with whatever he had, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, that said, you know, it, it kind of put Steve Vai in the limelight too, and suddenly you're like, oh my god, there's more than just Eddie Van Halen out there, right? Um, and uh, but yeah, I, this is more of a, you know, this is kind of in that same vein of, of Van Halen. You know, uh, David kind of tried to keep that kind of vibe for his own stuff, uh, I, but I, I do think he was on top of his game. And is uh, like I said, there's there's some good stuff on here, but for me, nothing gets me going uh, for anything on Dave's uh, solo career than more than Yankee Rose.
2: said too about the whole album cover and the name eat him and smile i mean i'm yeah. 12 years old i'm like what is he eating there's a lot of eating going on in van halen oh you eat 812 eat him and smile i'm like okay so he's talking about eating pussy i assume right uh i think he's just being clever how's it clever what is he I eating
1: mean, he's he's dressed up as uh as what do you call that uh, like a tribal uh, a, you know cannibal tri- a cannibal, kinda, a cannibal. Okay. yeah cannibal yeah Sure. So I think they, he's being literal with the phrase and then throwing in and smile. And it's just right. a way, of, you know, I don't know, it's just an upbeat positive David David Lee Roth kind of uh, you know, inspirational message.
2: Sure. Okay,
1: well, uh. If you ever heard hmm. him interview, he says stuff like that nonstop. He's
2: basically just a run on of album titles. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously said, right. So, and also, and you open it up and he's basically there crouching nude, painted, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, what's going on here? That's what okay. I, mean. I think it's literal. I don't think he's, I I,
1: I don't think it's a euphemism. all right. All right. I I had to choose between, I only had uh, money to get one record, and it was down to this and the Vinnie Vincent Invasion debut. I think you chose well. Uh, I chose Vinnie Vincent. I got this later. (laughs) Okay, well. I still think I chose well. I think
2: that's a much better record. But anyway. So what else you got for us, Luce? What's next? Here's an album that I didn't get into way later. I'm talking about probably close to 20. Did you like my... uh... My my sheep impression there for a second? <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, some people ask me if my dad, or if I ever fucked a sheep, and I'm like, no, but my
3: dad
2: did. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, uh... <laughs> That that album is Alice Cooper. Nice. And I don't know where that came from. That's why I just had to stop myself for a second. But but yeah, and that you is. Know, I was the, at
1: the, I was at a record store last week, and I walked up and I mumbled two nonsense words and and then actually formed a sentence. And then I looked at the guy and he, I'm like, I have no idea what those first two words were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm getting old. I apparently have a drinking habit and. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you do that in the morning. Sometimes somebody yeah. goes like, uh, "How you doing?" And you're like, oh, good "Morning, good day." Thing. Yeah. you're like, uh, just just forget it. Just I'm just moving on. Mm-hmm. I mean, just pretend we didn't say that. But but yeah. So back to so, Alice I, Cooper. <laughs> okay, this is, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Let's do an entire show talking like sheep. <laughs> And just see if people think that their iPod or whatever or their it's their gaping. player iPod. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Welcome to Fire. <Culver's> <laughs> Rock's not dead. Here's the You're sounding more <laughs> the, like Goat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Let's talk about 1986. <laughs>
1: Oh, that, that bit it's not is not <laughs> Oh
4: my god, what, what'd you
2: say? I said it's not. This isn't fun anymore. <laughs> no, it is not. So uh, okay. Well, this will at least be an Easter egg. Alice Cooper Constrictor. Uh, before I jump on this album, uh, you want to kind of do his band lineup? And some facts, like who produced it and whatnot. Sure,
1: yeah. Uh, this was released on September twenty second in nineteen eighty six. The greatest year in rock. It mm-hmm. was produced by Bo Hill. I'm trying to find the uh, the lineup. This is uh, well, this is the Kane Roberts Kip Winger lineup. Uh, right. Uh, I don't remember who the drummer was. I'm trying to find that. Oh, David Rosenberg. Never. I
2: don't even know that name. No, no. He, he his his career started and ended with Alice Cooper. I'm pretty sure. But this. Yeah, so a bizarre lineup, definitely. In Nineteen, he comes back from basically the dead, with uh, you know, career-wise and physical-wise from Dada, and takes like three years off, and he's back, and it's all eighties. He's amped it up. The stage show is is he's going more aggressive. He's got all the eighties overtones you could ever think of. He's got a guy with a fucking machine gun for a guitar, right? It's all like ripped yeah. on steroids. They're doing because um, at this point, like George Lynch was all uh, tore up, right? Is this when he was. No, Lynch
1: wasn't not like that yet. Lynch did that in the late 90s,
2: early 2000s. Okay, all right. So, you know, he basically had the 1980s Alice Cooper on this. And album wise, I think the entire album has a drum machine. I'm Mm. pretty sure if you look at the production. Maybe the drum machine's
1: name is David Rosenberg. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I like that. Well, this had the soundtrack for Friday the 13th tune. He's back, the man behind the mask. Yeah, I thought that was cute for the movie. I don't know that I would have put it on this record. No, uh, it's not. If I remember right, when we did the Alice Cooper kind of anthology with Joey Haney, uh, it seems like I might be the only person on the planet that enjoys Thrill My Gorilla.
2: <laughs> Possibly. We could definitely play that. But there's a lot of silly stuff in here. Thrill My Gorilla, Teenage Frankenstein. You know <laughs> The it's, Kid on the it's, Block, it's, My Head Made of Rock. yeah. I love that, and uh, <laughs> but but the one song, I, do you have much to say about this album, or do you want me to get my track?
1: Yeah, I, I never, um, I, I've recently became kind of a bigger fan of Alice Cooper, uh, I, I was aware of what he was doing, but I was never buying this stuff, so I don't really don't have a lot on this one.
2: Yeah. I mean, everything from the cover looks cheap to this. It was just kind of like they're they're bringing his career back, which kicked in, obviously, in the next one trash. The track I'm going to feature is one, like many on here, that you can definitely hear Kip Winger's backup vocals on. And that is a pop little rock nugget here called Crawling.
1: As uh as Kip Winger gets. And by, I saw Winger last summer and not impressed. I do think
2: that guy is a pretty solid singer. Yeah, and uh, I liked a couple tracks off the his debut, and it also had the worst cover of all time of uh, Purple Haze.
1: <laughs> it also just had the worst cover of all time.
2: Oh, that's right. What the hell was that? I have no it was like idea. that was like the first draft of Hysteria.
1: Yeah, and then the, 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 uh, then uh, he's like heard the feedback, and he's like, "Oh, Baco, you think that album? Do you don't think I can make a worse album covering that?" Boom! He releases a second record. It just says Winger Two. Yeah, yeah I can't remember, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, goofy yeah. band. Uh, I remember uh, they opened for Kiss on the Hot in the Shade tour, and uh, I saw him. One of the shows I saw him was uh, a general admission floor show. And me and my buddy, um, were, we joked, and we never did it. We were going to make one of those like sheets that you paint and throw on stage, and the band opens it up, and it was going to say something like "Wingers Gay" or something. Uh, but we <laughs> sure. uh, we we stood off in kind of an open area um, that that the, the if you were on stage, you could clearly see us. I, well, depending on the lighting, I don't know. But every time Kip came anywhere near us and looked at us, we just held our middle fingers in the air. Couple, <laughs> couple little delinquents.
3: <laughs> Bring on Terrible. kiss.
1: You suck uh yeah. i i i don't I, th- I they're not as bad of a band as i, I think of I may have uh
2: pretended at the time you definitely confirm the fact that you uh used to drink strawberry milk though <laughs>
3: like parenting. strawberry
2: milk turns you into an asshole. <laughs> 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 uh, but but with that too, I mean talk about winger a perfectly rated band. I mean that you could you could do all these things. Here's one of the reasons they're perfectly rated. No matter what, this is before Beavis and Butthead, what you don't do for credibility is to do a, a spread and play girl. Is yeah. that the only guy the only guy in the uh eighties that just let a schlong go? I you know, I don't even I never heard about it, so you I, didn't. No. I have the issue. <laughs> I
1: was gonna say, I stopped subscribing by eighty
2: three. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Continue. Wouldn't that be confusing when your kid too? Playgirl is for bull. That, Playboy, Playboy has girls, and Playgirl has boys. Very
1: confusing to me. Hmm. Go ahead. That explains a lot about your uh, sexual maturity.
4: That's uh, right.
1: <laughs> I'm going to switch gears a little bit as far as the style of music. Uh, a band that is cited for a lot of influence on, on like, the alternative movement that hit kind of in the early 90s with grunge and all that other stuff is uh, Husker Du. Uh, They were a local St. Paul band that kind of, this was their, uh, they were a local St. Paul band who worked mainly on SST records for the longest time. But in 1986, they released their major record label debut on Warner Brothers' Candy Apple Gray. Ooh. This record was released on March it just says March, <laughs> 1986. Good enough. Thanks, thanks a lot, fucking uh, Wikipedia. Uh, produced by Bob Mould and Grant Hart. They're basically the two songwriters of the band. And by this point, they had basically stopped really working together very well. The, the, this was, uh, they only did one record after this before they broke up. But, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, I won't get too much into this. I always thought I think it's weird as much as I've heard people talk about Husker Du and, and reference them. I've never heard anybody talk about the production because their 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 albums all sound really bad and uh it's it slicked up a little bit you know once they went to the major label but but not a lot it's very sheeny um very kind of tinny sounding and you know imagine talking about hotter than hell and never hearing anybody say anything about that production. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. I'm like, is it like, are we? Is this supposed to sound better than I think it does? I don't, I don't know. Do, do I just have bad
2: copies? But uh, I'm gonna play it. Well, you,
1: you have any history with Husker du? I'm guessing not.
2: I, I don't. But I. I what does it deal with? Bob Mold. Like you, all, I always hear his name. Uh, I'm completely ignorant to it. He's still had a career last like 30 years, right? Correct. The, like, yeah, he projects. just released a
1: solo album recently. He was in the band Sugar right after Husker du. Well, he did a couple solo albums and then did Sugar. Uh, and even Sugar kind of had that weird production. It was a little better, but he's definitely a very unique and talented guitar player. His, the way he approaches guitar is, is pretty much unlike anybody that, you know, like, you know how Jeff Healy, the guy who plays on his lap, Yep, I mean it's he doesn't play in his lap and he's not blind, but he, he is just that much different from the way it's normally approached. And he, he's had a lot of influence on, on on like I said, you know, certain people that went on to make, make a lot more money than him. But uh, uh, if you haven't read his book, uh, I think it's "See a Little Light" is uh, the name of it. Uh, I would recommend it.
2: Yeah, Husker Du is just one of those bands I've always heard. Uh, about, Husker but Du. Never... Yeah, Husker Du is is a. Uh... Husker Du. I say Husker, you say Husker. Let, LaRoth just... I've heard of them I have not heard them
1: <laughs> Okay Yeah they never they, they didn't have any huge hit They, they appeared on uh, I think What was that I uh, can't remember the name Joan Rivers There we go
4: Now I'm sh- Come sit Can you manage Yeah I'm sure you've heard this to you Nauseous What does could do Mean uh, Okay could do Is uh, Danish And it means Do you remember Okay. And how did you pick it? Because Danish is not like your average language to just pick it up from. Just kind of uttered it one night. and
0: it yeah, it's, a, it's a children's board game also. It was popular in the 60s and
2: 70s and out of the mouths of babes.
4: <laughs> Are you Danish? Any one of you? Of, uh, yeah. No. No. in the least. Well, that makes sense then to me. Okay.
2: I just want to know who's claim to fame is being on the Chevy Chase Show.
1: <laughs> anyway, this is not one of my favorite records by them. If if you if you want to check these guys out, I would recommend Flip Your Wig or Zen Arcade. But uh, there is a great tune on here, uh, catchy as fuck. One of their best, and it is Sorry Somehow. 1986, Lewis, you and I are huge film buffs. <laughs> You've seen I, I, all the Indiana Joneses. I, I watch Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park at least once a month. Uh-huh, sure. We're basically leading authorities on film. What do we got in the box office in 1986?
2: Yeah, so I actually pulled up the top 30 30- I'm just going to fly through it. We'll do the top ten next episode, but okay. I want to just—I'm not sure if this is really an accomplishment. It just shows how many how many movies you watch, <laughs> how many movies you watch when you're a kid. Because I—I don't know if I could say this. I have seen every single one of these thirty movies. Oh, so. there's
1: no way I—I—I I, 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 I haven't seen the list, but that, I, I can't believe I—I I would even do half. So let's see how we go. Let's
2: see what we got. Okay. Well, I just want to touch on a, a few here. So, so Gung Ho was number twenty-nine, which the is Michael definitely Keaton movie, right? About the, it, yeah, the love that movie. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious and it's definitely. Norm from ra- Cheers
1: plows over the, the Japanese guy at on the softball game.
2: <laughs> Easily the most racist movie of then, the year. then
1: he gets demoted to janitor. I
2: know. It's great. I mean it was the whole struggle, nineteen eighties, uh, you know, Detroit closing down, all that stuff was happening. But it is as a funny damn movie. Thirty six million. Um but yeah, I don't think you could release that that this uh movie in the way that it's it's done now. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, probably not. No, it's all rice burners and stuff like that. So, then we have the Money Pit. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Running Scared. Okay, I'm three for three so far. I'm surprised. Uh, they, bu- I recently yeah, watched ahead. Running Scared. Doesn't hold yeah. up anyway. I it didn't hold up for me then, just because I could never imagine um, who's the, uh, the yeah dancer. Gregory
1: Hines and Billy Crystal is a uh, uh, tough Detroit cops right? <laughs> yeah. All uh, well, right. Well, you think that casting agent still had a job after that movie? <laughs>
2: No. I mean, it's like, it's like let's take a uh, really short a Jewish comedian and a dancer. Yeah, tap and, dancer. And make, tap dancer and make them cops. No. Uh, anyway, so then about last night. You've never heard of Gregory Hines? <laughs> I mean, that's the casting guy? Yeah. You're yeah, going to know yeah. his name now. Anyway. That's right. Uh, Inappropriately titled, that's what they would do as cops is run scared. Yeah. But okay, next about that about last night. Dot dot dot. Yeah, I'm
1: what is that 5 now? Yep. I I have actually uh um gotten drunk in the bar in that movie in Chicago and <laughs> uh turned down f- uh, like uh, I was trying to get a girl to dance with me and uh, it didn't work out. Nice.
2: It's a good little little snippet there. Ooh. Um little shop a- by the way, I, th- I think this was the year 2 that Rob Lowe had the world's first sex tape. Oh, that's around right. Around this time. It think? might
1: have been later because I didn't come across that on the notable stuff, and I definitely okay. would have found that.
2: Little Shop of Horrors?
1: Never saw it. Okay. Free Amigos? Oh, another movie you couldn't make today. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, the Fly? This is the remake with uh, Goldblum, right? Yep. Creepy as fuck. Okay. Pretty in Pink? Yeah, John Hughes
2: continues his streak. Was probably the, that was probably one of the last John Hughes movies I ever saw because I had no interest in it. I was not a big Molly Ringwald fan. Mm. But uh, short, short Circuit, this is definitely <laughs> not a movie you could make now. With the uh, the guy that's, uh, God, I don't remember his name, but it was some guy that was uh, they decided not to hire an Indian to play an Indian. Do you recall this? I never saw never Short Circuit. This? That's the robot, right? Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name, but he... Uh, yeah, they had they had a guy just basically oh, Lord, this is down, this is He was like a boo from uh from mm-hmm. The Simpsons for the entire movie. Um Ally Sheedy I thought was pretty hot. I liked it. Uh Poltergeist Two. I've seen it, but
1: I really don't remember that one. The, the the first one obviously is locked in, but Peggy Sue got married. Never saw that. That has um uh, what's her Nick, name? Nick is... Nick Cage in uh, it. No, July the thing. leading the the girl. The O
2: I don't know. We can look that up in a second. She was some Heart spank broke.
1: material back then. <laughs>
2: I'll take a look here. Heart, go look it up while I go on. <laughs> Type in spank material, Peggy Sue, uh,
1: Heartbreak Ridge. Ah, uh, that's I saw that too. That was the Clint Eastwood
2: movie, right? Yep. And then we have easily, um, if 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 Kiss Fan of the Park and this movie came out the same year, it would be a to, it would be a, a close uh, a close call for Best Picture of the Year, and that is Police Academy Three: Back in Training. <laughs> I
1: don't see how they got to uh, a sequel much less the 8 or 9 movies they eventually did.
2: Like that's another thing. Just like Strawberry Milk, they figured out how to market Gutenberg for for movies. How about that movies. horrible sound effect guy too? Like that, that... <laughs> that guy, yeah, his career, yeah, he was typecast immediately as is a black guy who makes sound effects. That's it. Yeah, he yeah.
1: Uh Kathleen Turner that's oh, the uh yeah. that, that's the smoke show I'm referring to. She was uh hot back then.
2: Yeah, that she took a turn about yeah. 4 years well, later. Well, we all get uh we all age loose. Well, yes, but that was a dramatic turn for her. She was like, uh, yeah, that was uh yeah, I remember seeing like uh romancing the stone and kind of having a bone oh, little bit. especially yeah, yeah, and no,
1: uh the war of the roses. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's but, uh, she's helped pass some tough times for Baco back in
2: the. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you're yeah. saying that you would have liked the guy going, you'd like to be Michael Douglas on the mudslide who goes face first in her crotch when he Yeah, falls I, would down, have, right? I
1: would have. I would have been the stunt double for that in a heartbeat. But, uh, <laughs> oh,
2: okay, yeah. we're almost done here. Uh, but uh, again, I usually like my
1: girls bustier, but uh, something about her flat chest does it for me. Oh, I hear ya, yeah.
2: but, but Police Academy Three. This also started the trend of sequels that got tamer.
1: Another hottie no. in that one, uh, Leslie Easterbrook. Oh Ooh, yes, yeah. that was uh, that's another smoke show. American Tale. <laughs> I'm just getting like masturbation memories as <laughs> you go down this list. <laughs> well, what about what about did you ever?
4: It's uh, like you uh, tap into a
2: spank, bank, and it's just
4: oh, like. <laughs> yeah.
2: What about what about an American tale? You ever rub Up to Feifle the Mouse? I oh, never saw that movie. Should I check it out? <laughs> you may. Maybe uh, some good see stuff. See if
1: it's on Pornhub.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some tale. Um, Cobra, a movie where, 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 where Sylvester uh, Sloan drives around a motorcycle with a match in his mouth and kills thousands of people. Yeah. It, you see it?
1: I, I've never seen that movie, but I think a lot. This was during the time that basically you could have just said Sylvester Stallone as the name of the movie, and you know exactly what the movie's going to be about. Right, which explains Over the Top. Yeah, I was just thinking about that movie. What a, We need a movie about an arm-wrestling truck driver <laughs> trying to get his custody of his visitation rights to his son. I'd like to be at the pitch meeting for that
2: one. <laughs> let's do it. I, let's do it, yeah. <laughs> exactly, that was how it went. Oh, <laughs> uh legal Legal Eagles where uh Robert Redford tries to throw a shot to some 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 lady. I don't remember. Do you remember this movie?
1: I never I saw that I one saw either. No.
2: Okay. Uh Stand by Me. Fucking incredible. Yeah. Come on. Uh, it made the me like sixties pop. That movie I've seen so many times, yeah. the whole thing with the the pies and puking everywhere in the beginning and uh, uh I got Will yeah, Wheaton,
1: just, River Phoenix, uh and what a, uh, who's the uh the guy who went on to become like just kind of a dreamboat kind of looking actor that he but he was the chubby kid in the movie.
2: Right. Uh, he's a guy that ended up with yeah. um with uh, the blonde um jesus what's Re- his name rebecca rebecca romaine yeah that's uh, right yeah okay. what is his name we'll, we'll 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 pull it here in a second but yeah that was uh good good for him that though um, didn't river phoenix uh end
1: up with a rich old lady who was soft in the head i don't
2: in know in that movie that was his dream oh. was like, i just want to marry a rich old lady who's soft in the head feldman was in that too right Yep, no, it was it was it was perfect. And that was also the first one that people would go, "Hey, man, did you know that was actually written by Stephen King, the horror writer? Yeah. <laughs> Shaw, Shaw, you know, just like Shawshank."
1: Those same um, people, thirty years later, were amazed at that uh, church mouse who won like a Britain's Got Talent or something. I can't remember, I can't remember her name, but oh, it's, it's because she could sing and she was ugly. It's like, yes, can you correct. imagine somebody that butt ugly can sing? I mean, which is what they're <laughs> really saying. It's like, someone I've never heard sing before turns out can sing is what happened.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. According to my research, every ugly guy is funny and every pretty girl can sing. There we go. Yeah. All right. So, um, color, uh, only two more, then we'll stop for the top 10 okay. of next year. So, uh, color of money. Tom Cruise has Down syndrome. What are you talking about? No, he's
1: like a doofus in that movie. He's a doofus, but that's you're thinking Rain Man. No, no,
2: I'm thinking, no. Rain Man. He's like ah, I'm a slickster. I'm a slickster, and the other guy has a has a problem with his head. All right, and he's then he a got really down,
3: he's got He's got he's uh, got
1: autism. You fucking dick. Down and out in Beverly Hills.
2: Oh boy, that's Nick Nolte, right? Uh I don't even remember. I just know the fact that it's it says notable because it was Disney's first rated R movie. Okay. That's it.
1: In part 2 we'll get to the top 10, so Excellent. Now it's back to you, my friend. What is your uh what is your next pick?
2: Next one is I mentioned David Lee Roth just uh, being kind of a gateway into getting the hard rock. This also is a gateway and that is Beastie Boys album License to Ill. Mm, now nice. This is also the first time that I ever heard all these Led Zeppelin riffs that they uh, sampled. Like, and she's crafty, which I think is—I um, don't have them all in front of me, but the the one that's that's most notable is Ryman and Stealin," which kicks off the album, which has the drum uh, loop from "When the Levee Breaks" and just into some just just nasty ass guitar by Rick Rubin. And this was back in the day when I truly believe that Rick Rubin did have. An influence in creating a great album, which he had for, I think, about uh, five to ten years. Yeah, I give him a decade. Yeah, I give him a decade when he actually had pulled out some amazing albums from a variety of artists. But uh, I don't have anything to say about this except that this was my jam the year of 86, and I realized that every song I liked on this album that actually had guitars on it, which were about four or five out of the whole mix, were my favorite, and that led me to where I am today, talking in a basement to a man from Minnesota.
1: November 15th 1986 yeah this kind of oh. changed the game for hip-hop uh like a lot of Hollywood movies the white guy comes in to save the black man
0: uh <laughs> yep. so
1: yeah it really did it, it, it kind of um suburbanized hip-hop a little bit i like to think but uh yeah this like you said you mentioned it was produced by Rick
2: Rubin and this was on his Def Jam record label yeah and I love this too I actually had the album where it's the whole plane gate, mm-hmm. gate uh, fold where you see a crashing great album um And real quick question, have you ever done it like this, done it like that, done it with a wiffle (laughs) ball bat? Yeah, probably. Okay. And also, has your dad ever stolen your best porno mag? Uh, No, it went the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) I think it does, yeah. But, uh, yeah, what kind of deviant father do you have to be taking your kids' porno mags? Well, I
1: think you're misremembering the line, and you threw away my best porno mag.
2: Oh, threw away, yeah. Even oh, that's true. Okay, well, at least the dad has some responsibility. Definitely not a strawberry milk dad. Exactly. But, but, but yeah. And this album still to this day is uh, this in Paul's boutique. Doesn't matter. Um, rap, rap community overall respect for this. The rhymes are great. Music's great. So uh, anyway.
1: I'm going to stick with Rick Rubin. He had another big, pretty big record. Um, it's considered pretty much to be the, the epitome of thrash metal, and that is Slayer's Rain and Blood. Uh, I know
2: you're a big fan. Uh, what,
1: so did you get this on release day?
2: <laughs> I did not, no. Produced by Rick Rubin on Def Jam Records, and it came out on October 7th, 1986. And a total of 28 minutes and 58 seconds.
1: Yeah, the cassette, I don't know if you know this, but the cassette just had the the full album on both sides. Huh, I can see that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Save you some rewinding. Uh, <laughs> sure. Or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> now I'm thinking, how, how does that work? Yeah, and somewhere, I think on this tour, it was like the first time of many that Dave Lombardo quit the band. He, uh <laughs> He's an odd cat, that. that Dave Lombardo. Uh, great drummer. Um, uh, uh, this album, front to back, I, 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 well, first of all, it doesn't take much of your time, as, as you just stated. It, it's just hit. It just just hits you one after another and, and ends with uh, a song they've pretty much become known for, which is Raining Blood. But I am going to pick a different track, something a little deeper, and then we're going to play the, the song that precedes that in post mortem. <laughs>
2: Know that that's post mortem and raining blood. I understand why uh, body count, when they covered it two years ago, had a little snippet of post mortem on it because yeah. it leads
1: into it. They, they, yeah, they do kind of bleed into each other, but uh, yep. Um, and you can't go wrong with the song "Raining Blood." It's, that's actually a, a song I, I just never tire of. I. But like with all things Slayer, for me, I got to be in the mood, you know. I was uh, telling, uh, I think I might have been telling your friend, uh, we we call him Chris, last night that, you know, Slayer is not a band that that I put on and then turn the volume down, you know. So it's definitely a mood music for me. But uh, what's your next pick, Luce?
2: Yeah, I'm going to kind of flip it as far as the whole image and go from people that you definitely would not leave your keys with at the valet to, to Cinderella with night songs. I think I'd leave my keys with them, just because their hair isn't so nice and poofy. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you think that they're well-groomed, they definitely take some responsibility, and here's a band that has all been told, hey, the cover doesn't match what's on the album. Really? I, I don't know. I was fascinated I, by this album cover. I, I think it, it's a perfect
1: album cover, and it's a perfect match. Kind of like Born Again and The Black Sabbath, you know, the music and the cover just go. Yeah, are you making a joke? Or are you no, being serious? I, look, it it seems kind of silly now, but at the time, this was a badass album cover. If you ask me,
2: you know, overall as an album for me, I'll take Long Cold Winter. But for, for actually all the Cinderella albums, I don't think are, are great albums overall. They have some that like the majority, the stuff that's great is is amazing. And um, but man, when I look through this though, the second half of this is not so great. I don't know what your opinion is. Are you a big fan of this album overall? Or?
1: Oh, at the time, it, this was a record that got played uh, like almost on a constant loop for me. Uh, this seemed to be the epitome of what I was into at that time. Looking at it now, I, I still think it's pretty solid from beginning to end. I, um, I don't care for Once Around a Ride. Um, nothing for Nothing? That's nothing for Nothing is a
2: good me. song. Um, you think? Uh... Uh, you know, back home again If you asked me to do In from the outside Or back home again To hum that Or once around for the ride I just I just couldn't Like the ones that sell push, on push. wheels Push push That's a great That's a
4: eh, I, I need a little
3: Push push
1: He's talking like, about His penis Pushing into a vagina
2: No Actually I mean I don't know If you did this But um for our first kid, we had a, a, a playlist, and we played this in the, the maturity. Board. <laughs> Got the headphones on the belly. <laughs> That's right. You talk about a unique voice. I mean, you, you hear Tom Kiefer. It doesn't matter what he's singing. You know it's him. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, that was what was made it great. But, I mean, Shake Me, Nobody's Fooled. Also, the thing about the, the uh, videos with those, what were those, those two ladies that would wear, like, the, the dresses? Or... Yeah, I
1: have no idea if they had a name or anything. I know what you're talking about, though.
2: Yeah, that was that was different about them. So, but yeah, the song I'm going to pick on here is one that I never tire of and that's Shake Me
1: Bridingham's hair uh, doubled as a palm tree uh, on, on, uh, when they weren't on tour. So, <laughs> Yeah, Tom Kiefer, you know he sweats a lot, so you just stand by him for shade. <laughs> he was he was the palm trees in Down and Out in uh, Beverly Hills. Oh,
2: <laughs> is that
1: right? uh, palm, palm tree number four is uh, Eric Bridingham, Uncredited.
2: Well, that's great. He keeps getting those royalty checks every January. Yeah, uh, No, Uncredited. So. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, one of my
1: all-time favorite bands uh, released a record in 1986, Black Sabbath. One of their, uh, you know, the, one of the records they're known for, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the Seven Star album, which, uh, oh, the, we've, we've, we talked about that in the Black Sabbath anthology, but it was basically Tony Iommi trying to do a, a solo album, and the record company going, uh, let's call it Black
2: Sabbath. Uh, but, would, uh, the first in, would the first indication of this be the fact that it just has Tony Iommi on the cover <laughs> like any solo album normally would look like?
1: Yeah, this is weird. I mean, Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi? Yeah, no fucking shit.
2: It's like, like, have you heard of Black Sabbath?
1: He, he's in the band. <laughs> uh, Black Sabbath featuring Bill Ward on drums. It's like, it's like he's not a special guest. Yeah, you know? no. Um, but yeah, this was released on January twenty second, nineteen eighty six. Uh, well, you brought up the time I won. This has a pretty lean thirty four minutes and fifty five seconds. And it basically symboled the end of Black Sabbath's relationship with Warner Brothers as they were dropped after the release of the album that followed this. But yeah, this is more of a bluesy kind of um, singer-songwriter almost kind of record. You still have that guitar tone a little bit, in, but you hear it more only in his leads. Uh, the rest of the record, is, it's, it's, it's just very mild compared to anything you know Black Sabbath, especially coming off of Born Again to go into this.
2: Do you have any memories of Seventh Star? Uh, I don't have any from then or now.
1: Well, the video was a song called No Stranger to Love that featured Tony Naomi walking around uh, wet streets, you know, uh, alleyways, (laughs) and and there's steam and Dobermans running around. (laughs) But I'm going to play a song called Angry Heart. Black Sabbath with Angry Heart. So if you like that song, check out the record. Just uh, just understand it. it's not it's not a heavy Black Sabbath record. Uh, featuring uh, Glenn Hughes, uh, cooked up and still singing as good as he ever had in
2: 1986. So, so what does Loose Cannon have up next for 1986? Well, here's another album that I didn't own at the time, and but later on grabbed, and that is Rat Dancing Undercover. Nice. So loved round and round. I had that first album, Wanted Man, and uh, definitely had that tape and. and was uh, easily an easy rotation. I guess that was another one that kind of broke through before the whole '87 uh, when I went deep into it. Okay, but, but going back to this album, eh, not that bad. Still holds up is, for me. Yeah, there's a couple here that. What's, what's interesting too is that one of the one of the songs that I had heard and liked and didn't realize it was by this band or or on this album was "Body Talk," which was featured in the Golden Child. Uh, crit- yeah, you know already, okay. What I thought was just some odd hey, thing.
1: Charlotte Lewis, the the female lead in that movie. There's some spank material there too. I got a jerk-off
2: station for God's sakes. I gotta say, I don't think I've seen Golden Child since I saw it in the movie theater or on maybe on video. I've it, seen it at least a, once or twice, but Yeah, not a good Eddie Murphy movie. That was a, There aren't many. A, no, there really isn't. Is there? I mean he's what an odd career he had where he yeah. just killed it, then just did like fucking Doctor Dolittle little movies. <laughs> but anyway so yeah so I heard body talk and but the the one song that I don't even was it a single but the song I'm gonna feature is dance. single as lead singer yeah so the uh single that's my favorite song on the album i know you're a much bigger rap fan than i am where were you kind of when this came out
1: yeah I, I mean i got in on basically out of the cellar and stayed with it uh yeah let me just i should just real quick mention that uh this was released on august 9th 1986 the greatest year in rock uh mm-hmm. and produced by the uh, basically the preset producer bo hill uh, every Rat record is, if there's one complaint I got is that every one of the records that he produced sound exactly the same you could, you could yep. probably flip songs from album to album and it wouldn't matter that much uh, but I loved it yeah I'm with you A Dance is probably my favorite song on here I think the only thing I really don't like is Slip of the Lip oddly enough Bobby Blotzer gets songwriting credit for Drive Me Crazy do you think it's just for that stupid little drum beat
3: <laughs> <laughs> come on to guys you on. gotta give me one song
2: oh yeah easily You just got to keep the guy, his mouth shut. Oh, yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, I was a big fan. Well, before we go into your last pick for the show, um, do you mind if I just mention a couple, kind of what was going on on TV at this time? Yeah, hit me. So we got Magnum P.I. Ooh, uh, Lady Spank material. Dynasty and Falcon
1: Crust. You know, uh, that was a volume off show for Baco. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Which I think of the same show, Dynasty and Falcon
4: Crest. But, <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, well,
2: Dynasty. I don't know that I ever watched Falcon Crest. But. You got Hill Street Blues and uh, also the uh, uh, first 1st first, uh, lesbian-led show, Cagney Lacey. I'm I'm just thinking of Joan
1: Collins right now. Sorry.
2: Okay. Sorry. I'll Circa let you keep 86. going. 86. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got the great Cheers. Was busy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, This is when you took your, um, uh, I believe, your allowance money and bought a lock for your door. <laughs> oh, my God. So then you got Cheers, Family Ties, and The Cosby Show, which stars easily uh, America's most lovable rapist. Hmm. And um, you've got Growing Pains. Um, Lisa and... Bonet, too, by the way. <laughs> oh, what, say again? Yeah. Lisa Bonet, too, you know. Oh, yeah, gro- what about Growing Pains? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> Michael the, the, Seaver? Michael Seaver?
1: What now? Yeah, what was the? Yeah, I never really watched Growing Pains too much. That's that's uh, Kirk
2: Cameron, right? It's Kirk Cameron, but most importantly, it has a character named Boner. Oh, <laughs> that's right. His best yeah. friend was Boner. How did that get past yeah, the st- standards and practices? Uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much. It. We got A Team also. I mean, this right here, this list just shows that that this is a perfect argument where TV is much better now, wouldn't you say, quality wise? sure you know
1: whatever it's 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 of the time you know i mean sure uh, continue w- what you got well, for my last pick of part one of the 1986, The Greatest Year in Rock, one of my favorite bands from the 80s is Wasp, and whether they want to admit it or not, that stood for We Are Sexual Perverts. But this is not one of my favorite records by them looking back. At the time, it got played a lot, but it hasn't really held up too good. They released Inside the Electric Circus on October 1986. It's still on Capitol Records, basically produced by Blackie Lawless. He had kind of... I don't know. He has turned this basically into a solo project. But on the record before the last command, where he, he's the only person on the album covers from this point on. Yeah, there's some. There's I don't know. There's some weak stuff on this one, if you ask me. Uh, the title track inside with the Electric Circus is pretty good, but I don't like the cover of uh, I Don't Need No Doctor. Um, fuck Easy Living, the Uriah Heep uh, song that we talked about a couple episodes oh, ago.
2: <laughs> good Christ.
1: Nine Five Nasty, Restless Gypsy, Shoot from the Hip. You know. I, Sweet Cheetah, <laughs> Mantronic.
2: Uh, <laughs> Wait, is it, you're telling me that uh, what's the the big uh, big guitarist name again? Chris Holmes. Yeah,
1: Chris Holmes. Is he not in the band now? Oh? oh, he is. He's still in the band. Uh, um, but Blackie had moved uh, from bass to guitar. Uh, they hired okay. Johnny Rod, who I think was from King Cobra, <laughs> to come in on this record. Johnny Rod. Uh, what the? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Keep going. Uh, I don't have a whole lot more to say about this. I know that you're not much of a Wasp
2: fan. Um, At some point,
1: maybe Uh, we should expose uh, uh, you.
2: I was not, but I have become one. Okay. um, From both the the songs you've featured on the show over the years, and uh, there was a Wasp episode on Dustbook Geek that went kind of um, deep tracks and stuff like that. Yeah, man, it was something that I just missed. I'm glad that I'm now getting into it. Uh, I do have to ask, is this... So this would be the same time that probably Chris Holmes was filmed all wasted in that pool. Yeah, what?
1: Uh, and, uh, yeah, it had to be around the same time. I mean, I think the movie came out in
2: eighty eight or eighty nine.
1: But it, now, it, it's you, in
2: this in, you know. in that zone. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I have been told. Have you been told this too? That that whole scene is fake? Yeah, I have, but not by him. You know, he, he claims it. it's he's real. Wasted. His his mom is there acting very embarrassed. I think it's real.
1: Yeah, it seemed what real. It seemed it. I mean, it does not. It's not a cool rock and roll moment. Uh, but maybe the fake thing was that uh, they said, you know what? You, instead of wearing swim trunks, put on leather pants and then jump in the pool.
2: <laughs> I forgot that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, from the Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2, the Penelope's Spheris. I don't know, kind of a documentary, right? Sure. Uh, check it out. It's pretty fun to watch. Uh, for, it's, it's all these hair metal bands and Megadeth. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much right yeah uh, so uh, anyway, if you got nothing else to say uh we can probably get out of here, don't you think? I think we can Rock's not dead It's in the bathroom rubbing one out. just make sure the next uh, year we pick isn't in puberty time for me
4: it's, (laughs) it's gonna be tough to focus